0: the first time, because I I wasn't an athletic kid, that I went, oh my God, I was good at something, genuinely good at something, and people who weren't my family were proud of me.
1: Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This This is the Lax Goalie Rat Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the podcast 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie. And on this show, it is, of course, my job to track down the best goalies in our game interview them and find out what makes them so great. What are the stories that they have? What are the mindsets that they use, the techniques, the drills, really their entire lacrosse goalie career to tease out some details of what can make you better. This is going to be episode number 144 and I gotta say it is one of the best. Charlie Campbell from Stony Brook playing her senior season or I should say her graduate year season at Stony Brook. She was at the University of Virginia before five, four or five years before doing a grad degree at Stony Brook and coming on over and playing some Long Island style lacrosse. And she'll talk about exactly what that means. Charlie is an amazing individual, great stories, great energy, great personality, but also very educational. I think you're going to learn a ton. So ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this episode of Stony Brook goalie and Long Island native Charlie Campbell. Before we start this episode, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is the Lacrosse Goalie Summit. We recently concluded the summit in March where 13 amazing coaches gave absolutely incredible presentations about how to level up your lacrosse goalie game. We had Coach Jack Runkle talking about communication. We had a mental toughness coach. We had a mindset coach, a mindfulness coach. We had Amber Hill talking about mental health. So many awesome sessions. If you missed the event, you can still get access to these virtual coaching sessions, all the replays. Just go to goaliesummit.com liz hogan gave a great presentation about developing your own lacrosse goalie drills alex Reddy, amazing presentation about saving more low shots so if you want to grab those replays they're still available you can get them at goaliesummit.com just head over to www.goaliesummit.com enjoy the show uh well cool it is a pleasure to welcome to the show charlie campbell starting goalie from stony brook charlie welcome to the show
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I can't wait to chat lacrosse goalie with you. Uh, But the first question I have is, do you remember the very first time you jumped into goal? Do you remember that story?
0: Yes, I do. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) A blast from the past indeed. So I was in fourth grade and I was perhaps not the most athletic child. And you know, the typical goalie story, I was like, I can't run, but I'm a freakishly strong child. And I do not think that that will serve me well in the fastest game on two feet. And so uh, I will never forget my PAL coach, Mike Lynch, his daughter, Ashley Lynch was also on the team, uh, said, all right, who wants to be a goalkeeper? And it actually, it wasn't surprisingly a case of everyone else stepping back quickly enough that I was left in front. I did, you know, this mental calculus that a fourth grader can do. So very rudimentary, which was, I don't have to run. I get to punch things. And I know my hands are so fast because I play video games with my brothers and I can beat them at Super Smash Brothers, which means I can probably get to that ball. And if, it, if I get hit in the face, who cares? You know, I hit my head all the time. And that I, uh, we played Carl Place. This was Cold Spring Harbor P.A.L., You've unlocked a core memory. I
1: I love it.
0: And um, we beat them. And I remember kind of like running over to my parents and it was the first time because I wasn't an athletic kid. And I went, oh, my God, I was good at something, genuinely good at something. And people who weren't my family were proud of me and happy that I was there. And I was addicted to that feeling of, Yeah. People trust me to protect them because I've always been very, very protective. I've always hated bullies. You know, my younger brother's 18 months younger than me, but I was like, I, it's us against the world kind of thing. And just to find something that matched so perfectly with all these traits that I had, was it was a dream come true.
1: Sounds like it was a perfect fit. A pretty, I mean, you were <laughs> destined to be a lacrosse goalie. You like protecting things. You like punching the balls. You probably weren't afraid of the balls coming at you because that's kind of a common thing that young lacrosse goalies have to deal with is, you know, right at the beginning when you're first learning, like someone shoots something at you, guess what? Your natural reaction is kind of like, you know, to to be scared. And it sounds like you were not.
0: For most people, I'm sure their natural self-preservation would be maybe you should move your face out of the way. Mine was to smash my face into the ball because I didn't know how to use my stick yet. And I went. If it hits my face, it's gotta go wide. <laughs> so, yeah. I just, I, you Where'd know, you- I'm I'm absolute mess in a snowball fight now because I want to go <laughs> and grab it. <things. laughs> but I just. I just went, there's a shield in front of me. This is going to look cool. And I just, I I wanted to be useful because I always felt like I was that very awkward kid that would bump into things. I was always hitting things. When I learned how to walk, my parents had this great story of I had bruises all along my forehead because I'd be looking at my feet and then I'd smash my face into a wall. (laughs) (laughs) And I just went oh, but that could be useful. And it just, and I, and it was, and it was just such, such a joyous moment of, of finding where you belong so young and just feeling so blessed because of it. And I just, I just didn't look back.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Most people's origin stories of getting in the goal is, you know, uh, my brother wants someone to shoot on and I hated it at first. <laughs> and it sounds like I mean yours is the exact opposite, which is just so awesome. So you, you find this position, right? You're like, yeah. I love this. I like I'm I'm seemingly good at it. I made some saves. I ha- I haven't even trained, but but then how do you take that and and then start to learn the position? What was kind of the the process of how you went about learning how to actually make saves on a more consistent basis?
0: Yes. So, um, I, I think like all little kids, I was holding the stick wrong. (laughs) I was holding it as though you were going to clear it as opposed to holding it like a goalie with your hand on the plastic. Yeah. And, um, what was funny was, you know, growing up on Long Island, lacrosse is a religion Mm -hmm. and a very, very devout following it has. And, uh, you know, being in, being in PAL, you know, all these parents are there and half the parents are coaches. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, was very lucky for people to recognize, Hey, that kid's actually pretty good and want to work with me. And my mom and dad were just thrilled that I was like, Look at Charlie, Charlie's moving. Charlie's doing something outside of the house that isn't rolling around in dirt or catching frogs and scaring perhaps the older siblings with like the random things that Charlie finds. And um, I, I'll never forget it. Dave Gutowski approached uh, my mother and said, hey, I don't, I don't know if you recognize this but your kid's actually good but I could make that kid great. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was my, I, you know, very lucky. And my mom, you know, thinking about it and was like, you know, you could get better. And I I remember my mom saying that, you know, when I first started playing lacrosse and I was like, actually kind of good at it. She went, I hope this opens the door like that you could say like on your application to college that like you played lacrosse and like you were, you were a team athlete kind of thing. I I don't Mm -hmm. think she ever dreamed of, Me being started to getting recruited at the age of eleven, and which is illegal now. Thankfully, (laughs) I'm happy that it's illegal now. (laughs) That was a scary decision to make that young. Um, And uh, I I was very lucky to uh, you know find coaches and and move through you know that gauntlet. Like as you get older, you you seek out other things. Like all right, I have my foundations now. I want to know how to be you know picking off passes. Now I want to know you know like how do I get quick enough to stop the hardest shot that, you know, I will see in my high school league, you know, and right. and just it, Dave Kutowski was the first I've also worked with Christian Horty and Pete Mitchell. And, you know, these people are just, you know, incredible because they, they see every single goalies form in my opinion is an amalgam of all the styles that they have seen. Mm-hmm. And as you go forward, you know, As you go forward, you know, watching goalies, you know, Mallory Weiss and Sam Jackalone were a a year ahead of me. Right. And they were incredible. And I got to see them play a bunch. And I was like, oh, you know, I like how Mallory Weiss is, you know, so quick at picking off passes, you know, on because she was a lefty on a sign that no one was expecting her to be because people were used to playing righties. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I loved Sam Jackalow's stance on eight meters. I thought was so cool, you know, and Devin Wills, God, I wish I could run. I can't moving on, you know, (laughs) and just, you know, and Adam Gittleman went to, you know, I'm I'm from Lloyd Harbor, but Cold Spring Harbor is the high school that I would have fed into if I hadn't gone to St. Anthony's, you know, he's freaking amazing. So like, I got to go see him and just, you know, try and absorb as much as I could of different people who went, all right, naturally I am predisposed to do this and I will perfect it because I know that means no one can beat me doing that. And, you know, you pull pieces of each of these styles, you you know, you you find these like precious stones, essentially littered for you along a path that other people have paved and walked upon. And it's, you know, it's just, I feel so lucky to be surrounded by so many amazing goalies that I've been able to be like, I want to do that, I want to do that. I know I can't do that <laughs> you know and you know t- trying to carve out your your own style.
1: Yeah, I um I resonate with that so much, so <laughs> much. I mean that's what I do. Like I surround myself with all these amazing goalies yourself included and see if we can't like learn something from every single one, right? And mm-hmm. like you like you said like you know, I look at a goalie like um Matt DeLuca in the PLL, 6 foot 5 or something like that, <laughs> plays super wide uh, I- like Right. Right. Like his legs are up on the goalposts uh, on like angled shots, almost on straight on shots.
0: He looks shots. like an upside down football goalpost. It's amazing. I can't
1: and play I like that. Like, I can't play like, like that.
0: No, like like, right? I, I can't. Yeah. I, got, I got Barney Rubble legs, man. They are short. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of tall, but that's all my torso. You know, I can't play like that, but you know, to see like the athleticism of different people and be like, all right, their body perhaps wasn't what people think of when they think goalie, but they're so good. Yeah. despite being tagged with being unconventional. Yep. What about me is unconventional and how do I make that a weapon?
1: Yeah. I love it. So we got similar philosophies there. Also shared yes, so. love of Adam Gittleman. He's one of my favorite goalies cause I'm five eight. So like I got to look at those smaller, quicker guys and be like, that's my people. That, there yep. we go.
0: <laughs> I am five ten, and I'm pretty sure I was taller than him when I was in eighth grade.
1: <laughs> so... Love it, love it. So I love how your mom is like. Maybe we could put this on the uh, on the college application. Um, you know, which you know, to to in all fairness, for a lot of goalies, like that is a. I mean that that's a strong element to put on your college application, even if you have no intention. I mean, I hope. Everyone listening to this has intentions to play college lacrosse because it's an amazing experience. but even if you don't, like hey, let's you know let's take and and give to, get from this game something
0: mm-hmm. but, and to anyone who's listening who's not sure, I believe in you. there go you go for it. there you go. You, you could be the JJ Watt of lacrosse. I love it it wasn't recruited. He's amazing. (laughs) You can do it too.
1: Oh, there's stories all the time of of kids not getting, I mean, any high school starts or kids, you know, just Mm -hmm. finding the position as a junior or a sophomore in high school later on. um, And then going on to do amazing things either at the collegiate or at the pro level. So once a goalie like blossoms and finds their confidence, it can really shoot up exponentially. I think.
0: Definitely. Don't don't
1: you? Yeah. Uh, But you end up, um, I mean, what what were the dreams that you had as as that eleven year old kid? Were you were you already thinking about playing lacrosse in college?
0: When I started getting recruited, you mean?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, not not when I started playing. You mean this is a couple of years later?
1: Yeah, a couple of years later. Yeah, I mean, because what you got you started. You said in fourth grade, which is uh, I
0: started playing bowling in fourth grade. I've started playing gotcha. lacrosse in third grade, which for Long Island is late. I apologize. <laughs> That's on me. It should have been first grade. You're right.
1: Yeah, there you um, go.
0: Yeah, I, I remember. Um, so around that time, I'm Catholic, by the way. You are allowed to pick your confirmation name, and uh, for those of you who don't know, very quick rundown: you pick a saint. Uh, a patron saint of whatever resonates with you. So for example, my little brother, incredible writer, he chose St. Francis, not of Assisi, a different St. Francis who's the patron saint of writers. Uh, My eldest sister, who's a musical theater performer, chose St. Cecilia, patron saint of singers. So Mm. I chose St. Rita, who's uh, the patron saint of impossible dreams. Because when I was that little, I went, lacrosse is so close to being an Olympic sport. And the team that inspired uh, the movie that inspired me to be a goalie was Miracle because I loved Jimmy Crank. And I went, I want to be on the Olympic lacrosse team when it's finally a thing. And so I had very big dreams <laughs> as an 11 year old. I just I felt that. I had already overcome the hardest part, which was not thinking that I could ever be an athlete. And therefore, there was nothing to stop me now that i realized that I could be. Just, you know, other people may not recognize it, but I did. And my coaches did. My teammates did. And moving on from there, going, why would I limit myself more than I already have? Why would I put myself in that box? So, like, strive for something that doesn't even exist yet. Mm -hmm. And so that was my my thought process <laughs> as I was, you know, fielding, um, interest from coaches as an eighth grader, <laughs> wow. yeah. was, you know, thinking like, this is my end goal. Firstly, does this school help me meet my career choice and does it help me get closer to this dream? Yeah. That, I didn't, That was moving on from there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't quite understand, um, the thing about, you know i am an, like like not believing that you're an athlete so for me like when i grew up like i played sports right and i don't know i guess i guess i mean we have very different upbringings you know obviously we're very different but I, but but if you could explain explain that one a little more
0: of course so a lot of the times i feel like kids are stuck at goalie cuz they're the kid with square wheels And the coaches don't know what to do with them at a younger level. Mm -hmm. This is not, this isn't at like a junior high and up level, but this is definitely like an elementary school level. A problem that I, you know, recognize and hate is that they throw a kid in there because they don't think the kid can help them anywhere else. And it's like, maybe Mm -hmm. it'll hit your body because you're big. Mm -hmm. And I was like flat out, I'm still kind of chunky. Now. I was a chubby kid and like, Mike Ditka has this great quote about how he was, <laughs> he said, if I tried to run hundred yards, it would take me three days, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, no one can beat me in 20 yards. And you know, that was me, not 20, it was 10, but you know, not, I didn't feel like I looked like any athlete I had ever seen or seen people aspire to be. You know, yep. I was not, you know, like my heroes growing up, my ma is a Boston Red Sox fan, right? Because she's from rural Connecticut. So like we had a poster of Ted Williams, the splendid splinter up on our wall. And, you know, that that is a guy who was an Air Force pilot. Like he is people's ideal of an athlete and a, a baseball player, you know, like mm-hmm. Mia Ham was my my sister's place that played soccer. So they were obsessed with her, you know. I didn't look like any of these people. I didn't look like a basketball player. I didn't look like a soccer player. I didn't look like a field hockey player. I didn't look like a lacrosse player. And you know, from what I had seen, the the limited glimpses that you see. All right. And I when you know, I do try very very hard when I'm, you know, given a task. If someone asks something of me, I will definitely endeavor to do it. But I don't think it's physically possible for me to be successful in a field where you have to be physically exceptional. And I didn't think that I was, I didn't think my having quick hands counted as something that, you know, like was a skill that could be useful, you know, cause like other kids are already so fast, who cares if I have quick hands, I'm not going to beat anyone to that ground ball, mm-hmm. you know, and it's this, you know. Being big early because I hit my growth spurt early and just realizing that I was like, wow, I have to try and play soccer with my classmates as like a third grader. And that wasn't happening, you know, And just this and then, you know, this blessed opportunity (laughs) in fourth grade, which was I need you to stay still and be fast and not be scared. And I was like, I can do all of those things. Halloween's my favorite holiday. I'm never scared. And, you know, and realizing that, oh my God, there are so many other athletes that I haven't thought about and I'm one of them. So, you know, just having, having that revelation after very much thinking like, that's, it's cool to watch, but that's not something I can do and realizing, oh my God, I can do. And not only can I do, I can do it well.
1: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That that makes a lot more sense. And no, 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 it's great. And, and, you know, I think you serve as a role model too. Like maybe, maybe you look different than the others out there. Right. But then people see you out there and be like, you know what? I could be like Charlie, Like I can be the goalie. Um, And so I I think that's awesome. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Awesome. Um, When you think about, you know, when you think about Uh, some of the goalies, I guess we mentioned Gittleman, right? We mentioned um, Devin Wills, any other goalies that, you know, either playing now pros that you kind of looked up to and learned from.
0: Okay. So (laughs) my favorite goalie, I'm sorry, Adam Gittleman is blaze Reardon. He's my hero. Yeah, I've been obsessed with him since he was at Albany to the point where I went when they played Bryant at a Hofstra. I think <laughs> screaming my head <laughs> off, and I got a terrible sunburn. <laughs> and everyone else was there to see the Thompson brothers, and I was screaming yeah. my head off for the goalie. Um, I, you it's know, awesome. I definitely was like, because he was big, Blaze bearded and he could kick a ball to midfield. You know, and I was like, I can do that. I mean, yeah. sort of, but I wanted to be able to do that. And, you know, it was the first time, you know, like outside of football, which I wasn't allowed to play that like big was a compliment. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I look up to him a lot. I have the, um, I have the U.S. lacrosse magazine. Actually, it's not here. It's in my room at home that has uh, that PLL team winning and his teammates on the front. But I have it open to the story. That's just his face because he's incredible. Um, you know, and uh Asa Goldstock definitely, because she's very similar to Devin Wills as well, mm-hmm. was I just like the athleticism and the confidence to run to midfield is something that I admire greatly, but something that I don't think would improve my personal game game. And i was just, you know, it's it's something that I respect greatly, and I was like, ah do i want to do that not really because i would always feel uncomfortable even if i felt like oh physically i can totally do it it would always make me feel uncomfortable to be that far away from home (laughs) essentially um yeah and who else uh gussie johns went to st stephen's st agnes and then she went to usc she is an incredible person and an incredible goalie as well
1: awesome Yeah. Uh, Those are all great ones. I had them all on the show. Awesome. And Blaze. Yeah. I mean, geez, MVP of the, of the pros, that guy's crushing it right now. And he's got such a, he's got such a unique style. I mean, we talk about different styles of goalie. Like I don't see many Mm -hmm. people playing like him, like just so, so relaxed, right? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of goalies are in, you know, in their nice aggressive stance uh, the entire time. He's just, he's just so relaxed, but yet so athletic and he can make Mm -hmm. all, all these types of saves that, um, that you need to, to play pro. So it's pretty cool.
0: Blaze Reardon to me is the rope-a-dope goalie where you're like, I can score from out here. Yeah. And it's like, no, you cannot. Yeah. 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 I know yeah. he looks like he's sunbathing. He's going to get that ball. You right. know, it's, it's very <laughs> much in the, you know, rope-a-dope in boxing where you get the other guy to come in. Cause you look tired. He looks relaxed. And so they're going to shoot an outside shot and he's like money every time.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: Which I respect.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, How do you, you know, we mentioned learning from playing, you know, from watching a bunch of different goalies and kind of picking little pieces of their game. If you're going to describe your lacrosse goalie game, you know, in terms of stance and arc and just some of the things that you try to keep top of mind, what what comes to mind for you, Charlie?
0: So I am... Let's frame it in a positive way. I am thick with three C's, you know I <laughs> I take up a lot of room and my legs aren't super long. I am I'm quite tall, especially with my cleats I'm you know like 510 in change I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will have with my shorter legs I, I definitely have a lower stance because I like to be you know very very centered and feel like I can explode in either direction without having my legs too wide as to be doing a split and not being able to move at all. (laughs) Um, And I feel that I tend to favor a sort of very much crouching, lying in wait stance. I am not someone who looks relaxed in goal as though they're just hanging out. Mm -hmm. Um, I very much feel that my intensity is something that i can't really shut off so i need to utilize it as much as i can so i want to look ready <laughs> you know i want to look ready and i i think that it's a great tool personally to always look ready so people think twice before they shoot yeah you know and the most amazing shooters will not think twice <laughs> but if you can discourage uh My parents call them saves by omission when someone's trying so hard to hit a perfect corner that they shoot it wide because they know you're going to get to it if you put it within you know range of your body. If it's not a perfect painting, the pipe clangs off and clings in, like then it's not going in. That's what I try to cultivate that feeling, you know, that that sort of discomfort in attackers because I, I want them to look at my face and realize that oh this kid thinks that thinks that they can save it you know and i and i i realize that i have like this thousand yard stare when i'm in goal i've seen pictures of myself it's quite frightening <laughs> um, but i just i think there's something about giving the attacker their proper respect but not being scared that is i would classify my stance as
1: Nice. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly something to be said about a goalie who can be like intimidating in their stance. Like I can look at two pictures of two goalies, right. And just look at one, like that goalie's better just based on the body language of the stance. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I think, I think you're definitely onto something there.
0: Yeah. If you've ever seen like stills of Taylor Moreno, Mm -hmm. she is ready to go. Mm -hmm. She does not, she's not hanging out, leaning against a post ever. You know, and I'm I've seen her all the way through high school and then through college. Yeah. So, you know, she's that sort of like always ready, you know, and always always making you think before you do is is genuinely impressive. I, I wish I could do it as well as her, but that's <laughs> that's the goal for me.
1: Yeah. Is love to it. be,
0: you know, is to have people realize that you better you better shoot it where you want to shoot it because you can't, please just don't toss it in because that kid's got a chance. That's what I, that's what I want people to feel.
1: Yeah. I love it. I feel that. (laughs) I feel that. I'm not shooting on you, but when I watch your tape, I feel it. So it's coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. Uh, So you start getting recruited really young, uh, end up, you know, at the university of Virginia. Uh, I'm curious, you know, how the recruiting process uh, went for you
0: for for the entirety of college or specifically for uva for
1: uva yeah yeah let's talk about uva first. that that just you know from the the moment you started getting recruited to why you chose uva with some other schools you're looking at um what was it about uva that you liked
0: yeah i spent five years there so clearly i must have liked something right
1: yeah (laughs) um
0: (laughs) it's so strange to be sitting here and going i'm a sixth year and realizing that i'm three months away from never being a lacrosse goalie again uh And then parsing through all these memories and going, yeah, that that was nice. Um, So I started getting recruited by UVA when I was in, I wasn't in eighth grade. I was in ninth grade. Julie Myers waited a year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I did the circuit of camps because I, and I think this comes from being one of five kids. I kind of was very much like, well, who who's going to want me if I don't run in front of everyone and try and get their attention, you know, and I'm the fourth of five kids. So when someone gives me attention, it's on, you know, I will <laughs> I will claw to hold on to it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the university of Virginia was this, you know, just like incredible package deal of, I want to be a general pediatric trauma surgeon. So uh-huh. I want to go somewhere that has a robust pre-health system and, mm-hmm. you know, And if I was like, what if I like the school a lot, maybe there's a medical school that's right there, you know, and the medical school in the University of Virginia in Charlottesville is genuinely right there. You know, if you're on the lawn, which is if you Google a picture of University of Virginia, the picture of the rotunda and the lawn is what's going to pop up. Not even half a mile down the road is the UVA hospital which is the center of the Thomas Jefferson health district. And I went, this is perfect because I can, maybe I'll be able to get intern uh, internships at the, at the UVA hospital, you know, maybe I'll be able to like shadow doctors, you know, if I want to stay for a summer or something like that. Wow. I was very much looking for this uh, pedigree for lacrosse because I didn't want to like sound arrogant, but I was like, okay, all these adults are paying attention to me. Clearly there's something here that I bring to the table that has value. And, you know, I, why would, you know, why would I sell myself short on that? I didn't want to be arrogant and overthink and think that I was better than I was, but I was like, clearly people wouldn't be paying attention to me. If there was nothing there. So I wanted the, you know, the lacrosse pedigree, plus an acad- a robust academic reputation that I knew would be able to help me pursue my goal. That's amazing. And, uh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and UVA was that. You know, UVA yeah. had, uh, UVA, if you've ever been, it's, you know, brick and the white trim buildings with the columns. So yeah, I see you shaking your head. Every single building at the University of Virginia is brick. And it has white trim and it will have columns on the outside of it. If it's a bigger building, if it's not, it will just have like a white marble front. And so I, my childhood home, the big red brick house, and I was absolutely, you know, walking through campus. I was like, oh, this reminds me of home. Isn't that nice kind of thing? And that that was just like an added bonus of, you know, not only is this, you know, such a perfect launching pad for my dreams, but it, it also had, you know, enough it had enough of things that I was familiar with to taste a little bit like home, you know, Mm -hmm. like when you try to imitate your mom's recipe and it's not quite perfect, but it's, it's close enough that you still feel that wave of nostalgia and you do feel comforted anyway. That's how I felt looking at the brick buildings at UVA.
1: That's awesome. Awesome. Uh (laughs) And then lacrosse wise, you know, you show up, um, for your first taste of college lacrosse, games mm-hmm. got probably a lot faster. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, you know, how your, did you, how did your goalie game develop? Do you feel like you feel like you got better? Do you feel like you made some changes to your goalie game?
0: I made some changes to everything essentially. So, uh, I tore my ACL as a senior in high school mm. and no one remembers that I did that because I am insane and I put on a brace and I finished my high school season anyway. Wow, and uh, we won the Catholic championship. And if you're in the Catholic league on Long Island, that's it. You don't go to states. So, I uh, our championship was on May 14th, and my surgery was on May 16th. <laughs> oh, wow. um, so, I I went in my first year of college, recovering from that, which meant that I wasn't doing much of anything. But it meant I got to observe everything, and yeah. I am very grateful for. You know, being able to look at the two goalies that were there, you know, uh, uh, Rachel Vander Kolk was a starting goalie at the time, Uh, and, you know, just watch how the coaches worked with them and watch how shooters shot and how they, you know, seeing all the tendencies on my team, you know, uh, Casey Bear, for example, was on that team and I went to high school with her. So I knew her tendencies pretty well. In college, Casey was, you know, the shot from Mighty Ducks, where you hit the goalie so hard, you could bash him back into the goal. <laughs> that was <laughs> how Katie Bear shot. She shot and she didn't care where you were because her shot was strong enough that if it pings off you, it's probably gonna go in anyway. Uh, you know, versus someone like Maggie Jackson, who would look at you and just squirrel around her defender in this incredible, you know, graceful display and then just pop it around you. But she could also shoot with so much power because she truly analyzed where the goalie was standing and how confident the goalie was. And I was like, wow, you know, people are actually looking at me to see what I'm going to do, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to high school where people were like, I'm calling my shot, (laughs) you know? We had a lot of Babe Ruths in high school (laughs) where they were like, this is where I shoot and it will remain where I shoot because it has worked so far. Because you know teenagers tend to set into routines pretty well. Sure. Uh, but now I was playing with you know grown adults, and that was that was definitely definitely a shift. You know that I I got to observe and then sort of recover. And I was I was playing again by the spring, but you know with the leg brace on. You know not full one hundred percent, but being able to like yeah. get that first taste of you know, people shooting on me and, you know, despite the leg brace, despite the recovery, kind of being able to hold my own, which was interesting. And then people going, all right, this is more of a challenge than I thought. And then, you know, my ass ended to me. (laughs) And I was like, all right, these are things to work on, you know? Sure.
1: Sure. There's probably a tendency, um, you know, when, well, there's a natural tendency when you get hurt to want to get back out there. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you felt it even more being like these guys recruited me. Like I want to show them what I can do, right? And you show up and you're and you're hurt and you can't you can't show them what you can do, right? Yeah. Um, you know, what did you or like, what are some of the mindsets that you thought about to not like just run out there and and get back in and kind of re-injure yourself?
0: To make the foolish decision. <laughs> um, it's it's impossible to quell that feeling. Yeah. You wouldn't be playing in college if you didn't want to spend every minute out there playing to your fullest. You, you wouldn't, it's too hard. It's, it's, it's too much time out of your day. It is too, (laughs) too many, you know, tears, too much blood, too much sweat. You Mm -hmm. wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's when you are injured, you have to fight against the thing that made you great in the first place, which is your desire to be there with your team. You know, to be out there and making plays and, you know, doing everything you can to protect everyone. You know, that's, that's what I feel made me the goalie that I am. And now those were detriments. Because if I ran out there and I hurt myself again, I was never going to play again. You know, popping that ACL, you know, the (laughs) the middle third of the patellar tendon that replaced my ACL off my leg again was going to be definitely a career ending, not just season ending injury. And it's, it's so frustrating to sit there and go, I have five screws in my leg holding everything together. I'm tough enough. I want to, and it's, but you have to realize that not everything is right then. And it, it comes with depression. It comes with pain. It comes with this, you know, awful, roiling, sick feeling in your gut that you're not trying hard enough. And that's a cardinal sin amongst athletes is lack of
1: effort. Yeah
0: but you have to and it, it comes with your team lifting you up and you know saying oh we're so excited for you to get back but you need to be perfect before you do cuz we know your perfect is amazing and you know realizing that you're not of use the way that you think you can be until you're back to 100% And that's a really bitter pill to swallow, especially when you're 17, 18, and you've been told your whole life you're very special. Yeah, That's hard, you know? Uh, You have to take that step back and look at that full picture and and seek that clarity. And it it doesn't come without many people holding your hand and telling Mm. you, we know, we love you anyway. You are not less of a person don't hurt yourself again. Cause it just means it'll bring you farther and farther away from getting back to us. And that as soon as I made it about my team and not me, it became much easier.
1: Wow. That was a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> that really was. I've never yeah. heard it explained that way. And I, I've, and a lot of goalies, unfortunately have gone through the same thing that you went through. Um, and you're so right. It's like, you wouldn't, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of fighting your nature. You're fighting your nature because like the the very thing that got you there is that drive, right? Mm -hmm. You you wouldn't be out there on the field playing with those girls at such a high level if you didn't have that competitive spirit. And that's the one thing you need to sort of um, control in that moment, um, which is which is unbelievable. And it's about it's about the team. I was going to ask you, um, you know, for any young girls out there that are going through problems. Um, young guys too, but you know, young girls, it can be very very um, tricky, right? Especially I I'll speak more for the guys. Cause as guys, like, you know, your problems are not other people's problem. Like you keep it in. And we have a very, like, you know, a very um, te- like very uh, a tendency just to not share our problems um, for a young girl, goalie girl, who's going through issues. Like what, you know, what do you recommend?
0: So goalies tend to be thumb guys, you know, it's always, it's my fault. It's never your fault Mm -hmm. or the good ones are. If you're, you're a finger guy, you're not making it to college, you know, unless a coach truly feels that they can, can change that mindset, which is, that's an uphill, that is a Sisyphean task. If I have ever heard one to turn a finger guy into a thumb guy. Um, And goalies are very much okay, I'll keep all my emotions right here and then one day I'll die, you know? <laughs> and I, I definitely see that. We feel that, I think particularly on the female side or if you're perceived as female, you have to be so tough all the time because you are probably the one that ends up on someone else's highlight reel the most. It is always your fault if the team loses, even if it wasn't, it's your fault. I remember I had a game, the best college game of my career, I lost. Mm -hmm. I had 18 saves in the Carrier Dome against Syracuse. I lost 15-11, and I still felt that it was my fault. Mm -hmm. I I didn't care that I had the best game of my career. You know, the L's next to my name. You know, the W and the L goes next to the goalie. That makes it our fault. You know, (laughs) but I never feel like if the W is next to my name, it's my win. I always feel responsible for the L. And I feel like a lot of goalies feel that way too. Because when we make a mistake, it's so obvious. The score changes, music plays. If you're in an enemy arena, you're on the Jumbotron looking like an idiot. As you know, someone does a BTB. That you know, once I'm Charlotte North, does what Charlotte North does and scored on me, running through four of my defenders. And I'll never forget it. Gwyn, senior captain, turned to me and went, "That's going on Sports Center," and we just laughed, you know, because you can either laugh or cry, and I'm an ugly crier. But there's definitely so much pressure for it to be all your fault. And therefore, because you know, they couldn't win if they couldn't score. And that is, I think the hardest hangup that, that goalies have yeah. because it's my fault and if I was faster, if I was quicker, if I juggled more, if I did more footwork drills, if I wasn't, you know, so much of a coward that, you know, I couldn't run out and try and make that pickoff, we would have won that game. And it doesn't matter if it's true or not, because it's true in your head and your heart. Right. Um, yeah, and- so interesting.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, like- it- it's so calm. That's such a common thing, right? It's like, when, when is it, when is a team lose as a goalie is, is like what, what I heard yeah. just described that. Cause you take those losses and it doesn't matter. Like you can tell a goalie that, Hey, you save 50%, like that is great.
0: That's right? awesome. That yeah, is it, doesn't awesome. awesome
1: <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't. And you don't think right. about half of the saves you think about the other half. Right. Uh, but I don't know any, any lessons that have helped you overcome that.
0: This is going to sound so trite. It sounds like something that Jason Sudeikis would have said on Ted Lasso. And he said something similar (laughs) because he he tells one of the players to be a goldfish. Happiest animal on earth, three-second memory. Uh, The most important save is the next one. And I know that, you know, there's going to be someone who just lost in overtime because it's the sudden victory now going, it was not the most important save, it was not the next one. (laughs) But it's, you cannot live your athletic or normal life with your back facing forward, backpedaling, looking at all the mistakes you've made. You are never, ever going to see the opportunities that are coming. If you are constantly checking over your shoulder, trying to think of a way that you could go back in time to fix it, because you're not. Mm -hmm. You are never, ever going to be able to go back and fix it. You can go forward and fix it for the future. Yeah, That is all you can do. You can watch film, you can cry about it, honey, eat chocolate. I definitely do that after losses, but then, you know, you have to roll your sleeves up. You bring your lunch in a pail and you keep going to work and you fix it for the next time, because then you won't feel like a failure. You know,
1: I love it. I do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's so many, so many kids that, you know, I've, And I'm one of them. I punch myself in the helmet. I will smash my stick against the pipe. And it is not the most mature thing I have ever done. But just feel that anger and throw it down into the ground and out through your feet and then harness all your energy and go for the next one.
1: I love it. I'm That's like all we, you yeah. <laughs> I would take the crossbar of my sh- or the shaft and just hit myself like three times hard in in right <laughs> right in the face mask, and it it woke me up. And let's go and, and get back to work. Um, I love that. I'm yeah,
0: right on the temple. That's I mine. Know,
1: I know. I got some. I got some video. <laughs> we got to talk about about that oh, uh, in, in a in a in a second. Um, anyway, that was a great answer. But but um, I would love to hear. So so you have a nice career at Virginia. Um, you redshirted that first year you talked about due to the injury. So you still have another, another year of lacrosse, or I guess two years of lacrosse. I had
0: a, yes. So here's how the math worked out. Right. I had a fifth year from the ACL and then yep. COVID happened. Yep. Um, and I will never forget it. Syracuse had flown down. And the only reason we weren't pulled off the field was because we had a nighttime game on Clockner, And with the Syracuse was there. We literally waved at the bus as it came in because we're all friends. <laughs> <You know? laughs> two of my travel teammates were on Syracuse and Asa Goldstock, who I knew was on Syracuse at that time. And um, then the world stopped. And I think it was two or three days later. It was by the end of the week because I believe that was a Wednesday. Yeah. And then by Friday, the NCAA went, we're not adjudicating anything. All of you can come back everyone gets the year of eligibility back. So that's how, that's how I'm a sixth year.
1: Yeah. And then, um, so you finish up like, I guess your degree at Virginia, right? And I got two
0: degrees at the university of Virginia, but yes,
1: I take it back. You finish up your two degrees at the university Sorry. of Virginia.
0: <laughs> I that's didn't a, mean to sound like a pretentious jerk.
1: No, no, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I got my
0: undergraduate degree and then I got a master's degree.
1: Awesome. Two degrees. And, but then you needed more. And, and you move over to Stony Brook. So what went into that? Uh, what went into that?
0: I would argue I moved back to Stony Brook. Because True. I'm, True. I'm back
1: a, on Long Island.
0: From Long Island. I'm yeah. from Strong Island, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I genuinely, you know, I met precious Precious people and had precious experiences at UVA. And this is no way a negative reflection of the University of Virginia. But I wanted to be home and I wanted to be somewhere with people who thought and felt like me. Mm. Because the thing that is so incredible about Stony Brook is that everyone's heart is on their sleeve and it is cool Mm. to care. You know, I don't feel like I'm playing with fire when I'm in those practices. I am playing with napalm. It is incredible. You know, I've had captain's practices that were more intense than games I've played, you know, and everyone is you'd never have to sit there and wonder. I wonder if, you know, Claire's as into this as I am today, (laughs) because. It's obvious. Of course she is. Or she's more and you need to catch up. And I think that that's that's cool because I think southern lacrosse not to its detriment it's just a different style is very much more about perhaps grace and style and you know like this this very like analytical placement and almost like kind of trying to make the game graceful in a way Mm -hmm. as opposed to up north where if it's more of a hey man i'll go through you i will truck you it is it is much less about finesse i have found than it is about strength and power and i don't i don't think you can have a successful lacrosse team without having both elements yeah but i definitely wanted the dominant element to be I don't care if my heart explodes, I'm getting to that ball, you know, as yeah. opposed to I will craft the perfect play so that I have rebounders everywhere. And so that, you know, I always have someone in a position. I need it because sometimes you need heart, you need heart more than you need, you know, hyper analytical planning. Yeah, Love know, it. Perfect case in point is we had a midweek scrimmage That meant nothing, by the way. (laughs) This wasn't for like one team doesn't have to run. Genuinely meant nothing. We all run at the end of practice. And I am in goal. Uh, Kelly George is streaking down the alley after a failed clear by my team. Oops. (laughs) Um, And she is throwing it into the center where Aaron McCory and I both look at each other and then Dive and go freaking airborne and we collide in midair and I go flying. And Erin somehow stays on her feet. And I don't know how I think she's part cat. But we dove like it was the last ball in the national championship. And it was a Tuesday afternoon practice in a week. We didn't have a game. Love it. And I I just wanted to be in an environment where it was, I don't care if I had perhaps like that beautiful sports center play I want the intangible I'm so strong that I will wear you down kind of play
1: love it that's awesome it's just
0: two different styles of the game both of which I think are, are beautiful and valid I just I definitely wanted I wanted that Long Island gritty anger that's yeah. what
1: I want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, and you're right. Even if like, even if your team, you know, is not on Long Island, you still need guys or girls like that. You know, I mean, yeah. I know. I mean, we had just bruisers on on my lacrosse team. You know, guys mm-hmm. that would would get in there and and throw bodies around, and you need that. And then we'd have guys that you know were smaller and quicker. And once per practice, they pull off this move that you're just like, Oh my goodness. Like, yes. you know, so like you gotta, you gotta have a little bit of both, but that's, what's so beautiful about this game is like, you know, those two types of guys or girls can, can succeed at this game. You can be five foot 10 and larger and be a great goal. You can be five foot eight. You can be six foot five. You can be anything, um, mm-hmm. which I, I love so much about the sport of lacrosse.
0: Yeah. Are you Taylor Cummings or are you Kayla Trainer? Exactly. Both of which are amazing freaking players. Yeah. No, there's there's no there is no wrong way to play lacrosse unless it is without effort or love. Boom. That's the only wrong way to play the game.
1: Love it. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, I've got some tape of of your Mm -hmm. Stony Brook game against against Syracuse. Could could I I ask you some questions on the saves?
0: Absolutely. All right. Let me
1: share. Let me hang on. Let me um. Let me get it up here. Way, it's I all need,
0: you.
1: Yeah, I need to share the sound too. Uh, all right. Can you see this?
0: Yes, I can. All
1: right. First thing
0: <laughs> First Charlie Gamble gets the start in net for Stony Brook. Oh,
1: it was oh. a little bit of a goalie competition for this. Talk to me a little bit about the dancing. Talk to me about the dancing in the goal. I love it.
0: I am a very tactile person. And I stole this from the Pittsburgh Steelers kicker. (laughs) Um, And I I genuinely am someone who just flushes with adrenaline before a game. And sometimes having too much adrenaline can be to your detriment. Mm -hmm. And I have to, whatever I feel is excess energy, something that's not going to help me move to the ball quicker. Instead, it'll make me jumpy you got to let it go. And what better way to do that than, than dancing in the carrier dome. There's music blasting. The lights are going, you know, it's a discotheque. <laughs> Might as well be. And I just tried to, I think what I kind of lost partway through my career, coming back from an injury and, and putting all these, you know, starting for the first time in college was I lost a little bit of the joy hmm. that lacrosse gave me because I put all these expectations on myself and the shoulder shimmy is very much me going, Oh, that, that little kid who fell in love with this game is definitely still in there. And you know what you got to do dance like a grandma at a wedding. (laughs) That's where that comes from.
1: (laughs) Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll check it out later too. Cause when you do the, when you get in the eight meters too, there's a couple of times where you give a little, you give it a little shoulder shimmy. Um, But yeah, Yeah. and I'm, like I'm hundred percent for goalies dancing. I think that's how, I mean, it just, to me, like, it tells me that you're having fun, you're loose. And when you have those two elements, you play so much better.
0: Mm-hmm. We all just want to be Brett Queener at the end of the day.
1: Don't we? Is, is that the <laughs> truth, right?
0: A different bird.
1: That's right. Um, all right. So it it could be the angle here, but it looks like your throat, your throat guard's really low. Is that, is it yes. just the angle or like, is that how you like to wear it?
0: Um, this is a, a new type of helmet that I'm wearing. Uh, mm-hmm. Stony Brothers is, is sponsored by a different uh, gear company than UVA was. So I'm, I'm used to the ones that are attached with like the, the felt looking straps. Yep. Um, this is how it was given to me. I burned the ends of the string so it wouldn't come undone with my handy <laughs> dandy lighter. And uh, I, I definitely understand. I, I've definitely seen people go, that looks really low. Could you get hit in the throat? Right, and right. Um, the other the other uh, configurations problem is that it will sometimes get stuck up and you get hit under this one. Sometimes if you turn your head to the side, it can expose your throat. I think both of them have problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just the helmet that I have now and I'm content with it. It's different to be yeah. certain.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um wanted to look at uh this save hang on sorry 155 say again
0: as I said that's Delaney <laughs> oh
1: do you know Delaney
0: Delaney are, came up I'm sorry
1: No, uh, do, do you know her
0: yes she was the first one to run over to me at the end of the game and go oh dude you were incredible she is a wonderful person and a great goalie
1: that's awesome I'll Have to off to get her on the show
0: yeah all uh, goalies know each other man
1: yeah uh, that's true I, we I all a, know
0: each other. We're all friends.
1: Yeah. Let's watch this play right here.
0: Ah, uh, harshak. God, what a player. She's incredible.
1: Be a similar approach here for try number two.
0: Check out that windup.
1: Here it comes.
0: Another save made by Campbell.
1: What a save. So eight meter. Uh, like I said, boom, little bit of a shoulder shimmy. Yeah. I mean, that's also like, let's be honest. I mean, that kind of like intimidates the shooter a little bit. Don't you think?
0: If they don't, if it doesn't make them angry, (laughs) I'm sure it would either confuse or intimidate. Yeah. I
1: mean, you're like, what's up? You're about ready to take an eight meter. I'm just over here chilling. And the other Mm -hmm. thing, the other thing too, is we talked about, you know, blazes, relaxed style at the beginning. I see a Mm -hmm. lot of, uh, I want to get your opinion on that. I see a lot of girl goalies get into their stance too early in the eight meters. And then they're just like sitting there holding the stance for a really, really long time, like longer than they need to. And I feel like the more that you're in that stance, like the more, unless you're just kind of like still moving in it, but like the, the more tight you get. Right. So I like how you don't, you get into your stance within enough time, but you don't get into it until you need to.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I definitely have, like, I I think that's also, like, very much a girl goalies need to, like, feel that they're perfect, um, which is more characteristic, I think, of female student-athletes is, you know, you, you get in there and then the tension is ratcheting up because you feel like you can't move, you have to freeze because the official might blow the whistle at any time, and the moments just stretch and stretch and stretch like taffy, and it's mm-hmm. awful, <laughs> so I give myself that extra second, that extra, like, movement to just kind of, like, recenter myself in my own body and just kind of breathe in, breathe out, go. And Smart. That's, yeah, that's, that's kind of the thought process in my head. I will admit I do kind of black out during games. There's not a lot of high-level thinking, but there's definitely a lot of preparation and practice that goes into it.
1: Yeah, love it. The other question I wanted to ask is: so she she's doing this like wind up thing, and you see like Charlotte mm-hmm. North do that. You see, I'm sure a lot of girls do it. Mm-hmm. It seems very distracting for me. It's kind of like you know the, the the basketball free throw where everyone's like behind you know like waving their arms
0: with the what, what, and the yeah <laughs> yeah.
1: Ball. What you know? How do you stay focused? What what are you looking at here? Are you just totally? Are you trying to follow the ball and the stick? Are you focusing on something else? What's your?
0: I think. Much as she was not looking at me when I shimmied, I'm not looking at her wind up necessarily Mm -hmm. because I know she has to stop before the whistle blows. Mm. And I think that's a way for shooters to center themselves before they shoot. And um, I mean, if you want to follow it like a golden retriever follows a ball, like you are more than welcome to. I'm not about to say that it's the wrong call. But I definitely, you can see, she has to stop before the whistle blows because she has to be still. And then she actually goes into a windup that I will track.
1: Yeah. And are you, is this, she shoots right at the eight meter, if you're just watching the the the, the audio. I mean, she takes like one tiny step in, but then rips it right at the eight meter.
0: Little are you,
1: hop. yeah, little crow hop. Are you, uh, I mean, are you reading her body language or are you just purely reading the shot and then reacting to the shot because she rips it. I mean, this thing is headed right for the lower corner. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean this could be a pipe. This could be one of those hit the inside of the pipe, go in goals, and you get there with your foot and your stick. Unbelievable save!
0: Thank you. That's very sweet. She so, got the first tape meter like that, and it actually banged off my foot and in, in the goal, and I was furious. Oh, and that's I was the worst. <laughs> I was lighting up for this one, and I went, "You are not getting that again," because <laughs> I was nice. so mad because I was there. Um. She's look, she is an incredible shooter. And I'm sure if she shot that eight-meter, you know, eight times out of ten, it's probably going in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that she whips it around her body and kind of her stick is hidden very well behind her on the initial windup, but on the shot, she brings her her stick outward. Almost like uh, not quite a worm burner because it's higher than that. But I tend to forget about the person who's holding the ball. I'll take stock of it when the eight meter is called and go, ah, your tendency is to shoot here. But I'm not going to guess that you're going to shoot there because my assumption is that you knew I knew that. (laughs) Um, I just tend to look at the stick, especially when someone sets their feet as she did, where, you know, if I don't know if the microphones picked it up, but you literally hear Raina Sibella who is on her. It's my right. So Harshuk's left yell shooter and me yell shooter, which means she's going from the eight. You know, mm. when, when you have a stance like that, you're going to grip it and rip it. So
1: <laughs> it's true. Yeah. 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 Awesome. I, well, I great tip. just
0: look at the the release from the stick at that point.
1: Yep there's this play right here that I I've never talked about. Um, well, let me, let me show you the play r- on this podcast.
0: Oh, it, the past is Sam Swart. That yeah. Yeah. Cause it's,
1: it's, I was, wa- when I was watching this, well, let me watch the play real quick.
0: Watch players on this Syracuse team
1: puts it in on net and Campbell grabs it with the big spoon, the big spoon. Uh, so, <laughs> I, um, so many times you see this, this type of play go in where the, the girl is, she's passing to a girl, right, right on the crease, right? So she passes it to her and Mm -hmm. the girl misses the shot and misses the pass. And if Mm -hmm. you don't make this, and and then you have to make a save, right? Cause it's coming right towards the goal. And I've given up a lot of goals like this, where like there's a pass and I'm getting ready to make a save on the person who's going to catch that pass and they miss the catch and it goes right in. So, I feel like as a goalie, you know, when the when the ball is coming at the goal, you have even if it's a pass, you have to treat that as a shot. What what's your thoughts?
0: So, uh, this is an incredible play by uh Raina Sabella who gets her her stick out and on the ball as she's trying to pass it to Sam Swart. Yeah, the girl you're, you're, who's your defender. Number, yes. Uh yeah. And our captain, don't nice. forget that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Look, I've also let this not shot shot in, and it was also against Syracuse in the ACC (laughs) tournament. Uh Um, Genuinely, you have to be careful not to put the cart before the horse, and the most important thing is the ball. Sam Swart doesn't have it yet. Right. You know, it's out on top of the 12, and I'm going to be honest with you, Syracuse is a power team. They will take those shots from outside. They'll take it from outside the 12 if they think that they have their hands free in the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely, this is a, this is a know your personnel moment. In addition to I've made this mistake before a moment, <laughs> um, which is you line up with the ball. You can't be having that, you know, Sherlock Holmes esque. I'll think 18 steps ahead and then I'll be right where I need to be. That's not yeah. how athletics works. Yep. Yeah. So you, you have to be lined up with the ball and ready to go get it, as opposed to thinking, well, that kid's coming in and that kid's coming in. You need to know that they're there, but the ball's most important first and foremost. Yep.
1: Yeah, love it. Uh four ten. Oh,
0: that's when I collapsed on the ball. Sorry, I hey. saw that clip.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's all right. I think the
0: Schweitzer lost it. Stony Brook takes over possession
1: three season all american goes in on change but is met by the
0: goalie yet again
1: nice so on this save right here girl comes in she's on the i guess you know the left left hash comes in takes a pretty yeah. pretty pretty easy i'm not going to call it easy cuz it's so close right but stick side high you make that save my question for you is bam then there's the outlet a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of girls ask me like oh, i don't know how to clear and they, and they talk about this feeling of like they make the save, and then they almost panic, right? Because they don't—they don't know what to do. Um, yeah. Here, you've got a girl wide open. Are you, you know, talk talk me through this? Are you like at this point when the girls are lined up for the eight meter? Do you already know, like, all right, if I make the save, that girl is going to be wide open? Have you already pre-planned the 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 outlet?
0: <laughs> Have I planned that I'm going to save the Sam Swart shot as she's running in, and then Haley going to be wide open?
1: Yep. No. Okay. All right.
0: And any old you who tells you differently is lying to you. That's not true. Um, But I I cannot allow myself to be like, all right, I'm going to make the perfect play. And then I'm going to do this perfect clear. I very much am a one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. You have to go in order kind of person. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something that comes from experience. They're lining up for an eight meter if it's a quick outside shot or, you know, a quicker shot, it's not someone who's running all the way through the eight meter. The person who the foul was called on is going to be open because the girl who had the ball just ran in. Right. Um, that's genuinely something that just comes from playing this game. Oh God. How many years has it been? Has it been 16
1: lots of
0: years, 16 years. I, you know, I know that that person's going to be open. I had an incredible teammate, Kara Trembetta, on my travel team who, whenever she was called for a, a foul in the eight meter, which was a lot, Kara was very physical and was always called even when she didn't foul, she would just immediately sprint out because her thought process was Charlie's going to save it or it's going to go in and I'm going to go to the draw. <laughs> so hey. you know? yeah, it's so a good point. You, just have that, you have that comfort with your teammates.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, let's look at one more save. Oh, one thing. Um, you know, when we talk about you as a goalie, I mean, we're chatting right now, I feel like you got a lot of energy. You got, got, you know, you're always <laughs> up, Is that kind of how, is that, you know, is that you, is that how you play in the goal or, you know, when, when the whistle blows, are you a little bit more, do you become someone different?
0: Interesting. I think that my attributes of always appearing as though I have taken a really intense shot of espresso is something that is merely amplified because Mm -hmm. I don't think athletics is theater. It doesn't create. It amplifies all the things that you have worked on and that will be your mistakes, but it will also be your triumphs. You know, if you have worked so hard on a particular piece of your game, all your hard work, even if you don't feel like it's the perfect performance that you want, is definitely going to be better every single time. And I I think that, athletics is an echo chamber it's not it's not some sort of magical box where you can get something that you never tried for out of it
1: yeah yeah
0: i, I would say it's me
1: yeah, yeah that's great i mean i i think people can be i think athletes can be different like in a very good way um when they step out there like you could be this shy person and and a lot of times people I i've heard goalies create these alter egos where like you know, they, they think of a name like, like Furious D like Damon's this shy kid, right. Who, who's not very confident, Furious D confident, right. Loud communicates. And so like, you know, making that transformation. So that's why I was just curious. Cause I, I, it's definitely not a bad thing, but, but certainly, um, you know, people are, sometimes people are different on the field, but, but sounds like you are a little bit more, a little bit more Charlie out there.
0: Yeah. I think that everyone has different facets of their heart yeah. and the one that we choose to face and twinkle in the light is our decision. And you can turn and, and choose a different facet that perhaps doesn't get the limelight as much, but I would argue that that was always in your heart.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for going through that. That was, that was amazing. Um, I should have known when you schedule a podcast with someone from Long Island, you got to block off. You got to block off at least three hours. I feel like we could go for a whole nother hour, huh?
0: Yeah, that's my fault. <laughs> no, that's good. All good.
1: <laughs> it, it broke up. Say again, a lot of.
0: I said I have a lot of folksy anecdotes.
1: <laughs> folksy anecdotes. I <laughs> yeah. love it. Uh, well, maybe we'll have to save those folksy anecdotes for, for round two if we get around to it. I would love to hear the um the story of that beautiful necklace you're wearing.
0: Oh, here I can actually show it to you. I'm sorry, I can take it off for you.
1: And the earrings too, also very beautiful.
0: Yeah, thank you. So I actually I have my ribbon skirt somewhere in there, but uh, so the whole point of beaded jewelry, not the whole point, but you know it's it's a beautiful and ancient art that's been passed down, you know, from ancestor to ancestor, generations to generations, and um, the whole point is you make something intricate that's completely by hand and you can either choose different patterns or you know make something that's there's a lot of concentric rings and circles because it's all about you know like this perfect cycle of of never-ending beauty that you're always going to be able to have with you and then pass it down and pass it down and pass it down and it never ends we are still here despite everything we are still here and um This is not a coming of age necklace, but it's very similar to a coming of age necklace. Uh, And it's just, you know, just this really beautiful uh, beaded work that my cousin made for me. And um, it's just, it's, there's, you give a little bit of good medicine whenever you make something for someone and, you know, all your, your love and hope and cares and dreams for that person are there with every single stitch and every single bead. And, you know, I, I put my jewelry on, I put my big beaded earrings on, even though I know they're going to be down (laughs) all the way to my shoulder blades. And there's something about sitting there and knowing that you're wearing the love that so many people have for you around your neck and on your sleeve. And it just, there's something about it that makes me feel, you know, not only powerful, but also so safe. Mm. And um, whenever I'm doing something that I'm perhaps a little bit nervous for, like an interview, um, I just, I want to sit there and remember that, you know, there are people who love me, which means that I can't be a bad person all the time. And, you know, clearly there's something of value that I can give and and want to give because I have found joy and shouldn't everyone be happy. That's, that's what that necklace represents to me and these earrings as well. Cause they match.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. You <laughs> said, you said something there that you know there's medicine when you make something for someone and um i think over the last hour 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 and a half hour 45 we've made we've made this podcast for those young goalies out there so uh i hope you uh get a little bit of medicine out of that i know i do every time i do one of these thank you so much charlie for coming on the show uh and just opening up and sharing everything about your life and that that was tremendous uh if you had to leave the goalies out there with one final piece of advice what would that be
0: Hmm, that's an excellent question. Firstly, thank you so much for having me. This is not an experience that I get a lot of the time and I, I feel very honored, but also very humbled to be a part of it. Um, If I had to give one piece of advice to a goalie, it is that no matter how much you think people don't see what you're doing. People don't see how hard you're trying, that you put your body on the line that you're brave. They may not say it. You may not feel that it is being acknowledged, but I will always see it. And someone that you care about in your life, I promise you sees it. And you have to keep doing it despite the fact that you think you won't get rewarded because That is the only way that you can feel at peace in your heart. You have to keep trying. I know that it's hard because not everyone you think sees all the effort that you're putting forth, you know, every bump and every bruise, but it's definitely, definitely worth it. Even if you don't feel that people are singing your praises, it'll come.
1: Very well said. Charlie, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry that I talk so much.
1: So there you have it hope you enjoyed that episode that was virginia goalie and then stony brook goalie charlie campbell what an awesome awesome young lady i mentioned this in the episode but i'll mention again here in the post episode read when you schedule an interview with a long island goalie got to give yourself twice the amount of time but some great stories and i'm glad we were able to listen in And so thankful to Charlie for opening up and telling all those amazing stories. So thank you so much, Charlie. Hope you learned something from that if you're a young goalie, goalie mom, goalie dad listening out there. That'll do it for this week. Hope you enjoyed that episode. We'll be back soon with another episode getting towards the end of April. College lacrosse finals, conference finals, conference tournaments are coming up. Then we're going to have the NCAA championships at the end of May. I did promise... Charlie Campbell from Stony Brook. If Stony Brook makes the finals, I will be there. So we'll see what happens there. All right. In the meantime, get out there, get some work in, do well and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon
0: Wilson.